ready? Yeah, sorry. I'm ready. All right, now, it's sale time. Let me say, maybe. Our new brake pads are really cool. You're not even going to believe it. Like, um, let's say you're driving along the road with your family, and you're driving along, la 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 and then all of a sudden there's a truck tire in the middle of the road, and you hit the brakes. Whoa, that was close. <laughs> now let's see what happens when you're driving with the other guy's brake pads. You're driving along, you're driving along, and all of a sudden the kids are yelling from the back seat, I gotta go to the bathroom, Daddy. Not now, damn it. Truck tire. I can't. There's a cliff. And your family's screaming, Oh, my God, we're burning alive. In comes a meat wagon. And the medic gets out and says, Oh, my God. New guy's in the corner puking his guts out. All because you want to save a couple extra pennies. And to me, it doesn't get out. Hello, now. welcome to another episode of ERG Power Talk. I'm your host, Joe Santana. That was Chris Farley's impression of a salesperson in the 1995 movie Tommy Boy. And if you've seen that movie, you might recall that Chris Farley lit that prospect's desk on fire to make his point. The result? He got booted out. And for many of you, this might be the caricature you see when you think of the pushy salesperson. But before you judge that scene and Chris's performance, let's talk about sales a little bit. Why? Because it's a vital skill. It's a skill you will need if you want to get anywhere in your career and as an ERG leader. It's a skill you'll need if you want to build your group's membership, get funding, or get support for your ideas. We've got a great guest lined up for you and more on this topic. But before we begin, let's take a moment to revisit our mission and acknowledge our sponsors. This is ERG Power Talk, and I'm your host, Joe Santana. The purpose of ERG Power Talk is to provide a forum for the exchange of great ideas and inspiration for ERG leaders, as well as others who are interested in supporting ERGs. No more waiting until the next conference and praying that you have the budget to travel to the conference in order to find great ideas and stimulation toward action. Just subscribe and listen at your convenience. Before we begin, a quick note of thanks to our supporters and sponsors, Behringer Ingelheim, CVS Health, Dollar General, Freighter Health and Wisconsin Medical College, Mass Mutual, McCormick, Johnson Controls, Pitney Bowes, Daimler Trucks North America, and Sony Pictures Entertainment. Now, let's go straight to the program. So, let's bring in our guest for today who is going to help us explore this topic of sales. He's especially well-suited for this particular task. He brings decades of sales experience, and for the past 16 years, he's helped individuals and companies improve their sales performance through his company, Sales Reform School. Adam Shapiro. Adam, welcome to the show. So, Adam, where did you come up with that catchy name? Thanks, Joe. Uh, I was having lunch one day with a colleague of mine and I was explaining what I'm about to do for my career. And he said, oh, you're like reform school for salespeople. <laughs> and in a full stop, I said, I love it. Went home, Googled it, Googled it. The URL was available. The trademark was available and I grabbed it. And my clients get it when they hear it, when they hear, hear me talk about sales and how we can help improve sales performance. Love it. 
casual inspiration. So before we started the show, I was telling you that in my experience, salespeople are like Floridians. The majority of people I meet in Florida come from somewhere else. They either come from New York, New Jersey, or some other part of the country. And the same is true with salespeople. I've met salespeople who were teachers, others were chemists by education. So what about you? How did you get into sales and into owning and running a reform school for salespeople? Did you have a different background? Yes, I do have a, a different background to get where I am today. Uh, went to law school, graduated pretty high, University of Georgia, entered a silk stocking law firm industry and um, hated it. Realized, you know what? I really like talking to clients, but I really don't like the practice of law. Made my way into technology sales, made my way into starting my own business in 2004. I can relate to that. I studied accounting, love business and team dynamics and organizations, but found I was bored to tears by endless numbers. So I worked my way over into the technology project management space, which was more creative. And then from there, I found my real passion in the dynamics of developing more equitable and inclusive leaders in the diversity, inclusion, and equity space. So it's how many of us find our true passion. So Adam, when people think about selling specifically, they think of someone hawking goods or services in exchange for money, but it's actually much more than that. What would you say selling is in the broadest sense? How would you define it? In the broader sense, selling is helping others reach their goals or objectives by offering capabilities they don't currently have. Say more about that. Yeah. So you may think you're offering a widget because they want a widget, but the capability that that widget gives you is what the buyer needs in order to reach their goals and objectives. They only need what you have to sell to help them improve, increase, or decrease something so selling is helping them reach their objectives. They're frustrated or challenged by something, and they need a capability that you offer in your product or service that'll help them overcome that challenge or issue and reach their goal or objective. Excellent. So what's something ERG leaders can learn from sales process that will, say, help them bring in more members? To be successful in persuasion, which is really what your ERG group leaders are doing, is they're persuading someone to join their group. You need to have a choreography that you follow. And the best choreography is something that great salespeople do intuitively. They follow a choreography of warming up to the person they're talking to, offering an insight that they hadn't thought of before, drilling down on data, telling a story that grabs them emotionally to want them be like the person in that story, and then describing a way forward, a process, if you will, to be successful as the story uh, hasn't, hasn't unfolded. Got it. So the first step in this choreography is to get to know the other person. Break that down a little bit for us. What are the sub-steps for that key first step? So if we break that down, I'm about to meet with someone. How can I warm up to them? How can I show that I understand where they are? So there's a bit of persona matching, right? So who is this persona I'm about to talk to? What do they fit in the groups of personas that I'm likely to meet? What are their like? What are they trying to accomplish? Remember, we define sales as that helping others reach goal or objectives. Well, I should understand what their goals or objectives are, or ha or anticipate what I what is highly likely to be their goal or objective, right before I come to them. So all these things that I'm going through with you right now are things you can prepare for before you get into the conversation. Yep, got it. 
So recently, I've been reading about how it's important to focus not just on casual wants, but on something your prospect just desperately needs. Why? Because people are always motivated to pursue what they desperately need, but they may not be equally motivated to pursue what they casually want. So the message here is identify your prospect's desperate needs, not just their casual wants. But you have a different take on this. Tell us what you believe about wants and needs. Whenever someone buys something, the want becomes the need. Got it. And when does a want fail to become a need? Yeah. So it's because that buyer doesn't have solid in their mind three stories that'll that cause them emotionally to make a decision to buy. The first is usage. In their minds, they can't articulate how they would use that thing. The second one is value. They haven't cleared in their mind the imminent value that they need right now. But then there's also a third story. So we've got value and we've got usage. But there's a third story too that keeps people from making decisions on whether to buy or not. And that's the implementation story. All right, we got to drive usage. We got to drive value. But we also got to make it easy for them to do this implementation story. Yep, got it. So if we fail to satisfy the need to have those three stories firmly in their mind, they will likely not join our ERG because... Because they haven't figured out how they're going to use that group to succeed, to meet their goals or objectives, what the value is of joining that group. And then third, how do I do this? How do I, what am I going to miss out on? How do I fit this into my schedule? Who am I not going to be able to see because I'm going to be spending time with my ERG? That's the implementation story. So again, lacking any of those three things keeps I wants from being needs. Yeah, so summing up, you need to identify value, usage, and how it fits in with all the other things on their plate. So that's your implementation story. You do those three things correctly, you've got a member, you fail to do any of those things, and you're going to get a no thank you. Let's talk about funding. So these groups also need to secure money and resources, and that calls for another type of sell job. So say someone wants to start a new ERG, and they need to secure funding and resources. How would you coach that person in putting that strategy together? So if I were coaching someone who is looking for budget to create one of these ERGs, I would first ask, figure out in your organization who would hold this budget. Is it your business leader or is it someone in HR? The first place to go might, may be your, your HR department and say, do you have budget for the, without even discussing the merits of it, I'm just curious if you have budget or can get budget for me to set up an employee resource group. When it comes to their employees, what are their goals or objectives? What are they trying to accomplish? You may, and you can come up with some things ahead of time. Employee engagement, employee turnover growing revenue. There's any number of things that if you start with increase, decrease, or improve something, that could be the motivator, the why, for why these people would would fund something like this. So figure out what that is. So that's the first step. So when you go to these people, say, okay, I got an idea. You know how you want to improve, increase, or decrease X? Improve employee engagement, decrease turnover increase the diversity of our workforce. Yeah, that's called the warmer. You know how you're frustrated because we can't seem to socialize this idea internally? Yeah. 
well, have you ever considered a employee resource group, a business resource group, an affinity group of this sort? I don't know. Tell me why. Give some numbers. Well, you know, in a Fortune 500, there's like 3,500 different employee engagement groups according to, I don't know, PwC Consulting. Really? Yes. And what, these, what they have found is that there's decreased turnover by 15% when, there's, when these groups are present. Wow. Let me tell you a story. A friend of mine was in a group at, a, at his company or her company at such and such. They met once a month. They came up with ideas on how to do this, that, and the other, and they were successful. I've learned how to put these sort of things together. Do you want to learn how? Yeah, I think we should figure that out. So again, this is all prep. So you want to actually have your outline or even the words written down and practiced before you go, because you may only get one shot yeah. to talk to this very important person about these ERGs and getting funding. Well, what do you need from me? Go ahead. Well, we got to market it. We got to market internally, we got to market externally. I would love to have some materials, maybe even an internal website. I'm going to need some budget for that. So these are the things that you want to prepare going in. I like the way you prepare for this so that it turns the person that's requesting money and resources for their ERG into a consultant solving a problem for the business or for that particular group, whether it's HR or a manager. Instead of a beggar showing up hat in hand, you immediately take control of that narrative. So this is where persuasion is about teaching, tailoring, and then taking control of the conversation in a way that um, this, the, the neuroscientists would say is a parent-to-parent -parent conversation. Yeah. As your people consider going to get budget for an ERG, a lot of them are thinking, I'm the small person, the child in the conversation going to the parent to have this conversation around budget. How often is that successful? Not really, right? Yeah. You want it to be a parent-to-parent, -parent, professional to professional conversation where you've practiced it, you know what you're talking about, you're going in and you're like, look, I'm someone to reckon with. You should be listening to me. So the neuroscientists would call it a parent-to-parent -parent conversation. Yep. As one of my executive coaches used to say, you need to have an eagle-to-eagle -eagle conversation in sales because if the eagle, who's your prospect, thinks you're a pigeon, it won't talk to you. It'll probably just eat you. Okay, so let's pause here and tally up what we've learned from Adam in this first segment of our conversation. One, selling is essentially about helping others reach their goals or objectives by offering them capabilities they don't have. So if you are selling membership in your group, what goals or objectives do your prospects have and how can your group give them the capability to achieve those goals, to decrease or increase or improve in certain areas. Ask the same question when you prepare to approach someone in your organization for funding. Two, to be successful, you need to be an influencer of others. And to do that, you need to learn to choreograph and lead discussions that start with you connecting with the person you're talking to. And that requires you to really know the mind of your prospect, whether it's a prospective member or supporter. Three, in order to motivate others to take action, you must convert a casual want into a desperate need by clearly conveying to them value, usage, and how they will be able to take action. So in the case of joining your group, what can they get out of it? How will they use it? How will they work the group and their membership into their already cramped schedules? 
four, the most powerful way to sell someone on supporting your ERG financially and or with resources is to follow the formula of connecting it back to how it will help them and then using a compelling story to convey value, usage, and how they can implement it. And finally, five, the number one thing to avoid when seeking funding or resources is to come looking for budget and resources with your hat in your hand. Okay, that was a lot packed into this first segment. In the next half of this discussion, we're going to dig deeper into a template you can use to construct powerful stories. We'll also see if a formal sales career might be something that you want to do and how you can make that leap. Finally, we're going to talk a little bit about your website and how you can tailor that tool so that it supports your goals in terms of membership and or getting resources or both. We're going to do all that and more, but first, let's take a moment to recenter ourselves around what our mission is and acknowledge our sponsors. This is ERG Power Talk, and I'm your host, Joe Santana. The purpose of ERG Power Talk is to provide a forum for the exchange of great ideas and inspiration for ERG leaders, as well as others who are interested in supporting ERGs. No more waiting until the next conference and praying that you have the budget to travel to the conference in order to find great ideas and stimulation toward action. Just subscribe and listen at your convenience. Before we begin, a quick note of thanks to our supporters and sponsors, Bear Ringer Ingelheim, CVS Health, Dollar General, Freighter Health and Wisconsin Medical College, Mass Mutual, McCormick, Johnson Controls, Pitney Bowes, Daimler Trucks North America, and Sony Pictures Entertainment. Now let's go back and rejoin Adam. So Adam, you use a lot of storytelling in your sales approach, and it sounds like you do the research on your prospects as well as their interests, and then you construct these powerful stories. Are there any useful templates you can share with our listeners that they can use to build their stories? Sure, Joe, I'm gonna go a little long here, but I wanna make sure I hit on two stories, okay? The first is this is a conversational success story. So with all of these groups that people are have organized and now they're trying to recruit more people to or set up another group and get budget for it, very simply, hey, we work with, or I know of, title and, and place or something like that, another person in another organization who had a goal of, who wanted to, who, who needed to, goal or objective, but they couldn't because they set their current situation what they needed was a place to go, et cetera, et cetera. The ERG did that for them, and now here's what's going on. So it's a very simple template where it's goal or objective, frustration or issue, current situation, the crappy situation that, that's occurring because this capability, this thing isn't there. What they needed was the capability and then the success, what happened. Five sentences, 30 to 60 seconds, everybody can use it. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's the success story. So yeah, that's a conversation. That's a template for how to relay success. So at some point, if I'm recruiting a new member to join my ERG, I would say, yeah, what you're describing, let me tell you about Joe. Joe is a mid-level manager who was worried about the following. He needed to improve the following, but he couldn't because 
crappy situation, et cetera. He didn't know anybody that was like him. He didn't think there's anyone who had the same interests as him. He was stuck, et cetera, et cetera. What he needed was a place to go to share ideas and come up with, with things that could help him in his career. Our ERG gave that to him. And now he's been promoted to executive vice president, something like that. That's a success story. You only tell it if you actually have a success story. But what happens when you don't? Let's go back to Tommy Boy. What Tommy Boy did, although he lit the guy's desk on fire, which you should not do in a sales uh, conversation, is he told a plausible emergency. By the way, if you look at my bibliographies that I give in all my workshops, one of the first books I mention is Michael Bosworth's Customer-Centric Selling. It's getting a little old, old now, but one of the things in there is this thing called the plausible emergency. I take the plausible emergency and I want to talk about it this way. Act one, the crappy situation you may find yourself in. Imagine this, Farley does it great. You're driving along, you hit the brakes, the kids are screaming, you don't know what's going on. Boom, you go, you go off the side of the road, everything's up in flames. It's a horrible emergency. Is that plausible? Could that happen? Yes, it could. Now, it may not blow up like he described it on the desk of that guy. Well, what if, would it help if you had brakes that didn't fail in this situation because you paid a little extra for them and they kept you safe even though your kid's screaming in the back seat and you're wondering if you're going to go off the road. So the brakes, we have those brakes. So that's a plausible emergency. Imagine you get a mid-level job and you're stuck in your cubicle and nobody you know in this company looks like you, acts like you, behaves like you, and you think you're all alone. Is that plausible? Could that happen? Yeah. Well, what if you, you found out that there was a place for people like you can come and exchange ideas in an open and vulnerable and authentic space? Would that help you feel like you could actually thrive in our company? Yeah, I think it would. We have that in our XYZ ERG group. That's the plausible emergency. So there's two stories you can tell. I went long on there, but that's about 30 to 60 seconds each when you tell them. Excellent. So Adam, say somebody listening to this podcast is wondering if a formal career selling is for them. Part of why many people join or lead ERGs is to improve their careers and the careers of others like them. And learning how to sell a company's products or services is certainly a step in the right direction. All you have to do is look at the number of senior executives and CEOs that have selling as one of their skill sets. But my question for you is, what can they ask themselves or do as they begin to explore this as a potential career path? How can they determine if selling in a particular industry or product line is a good career step for them? So I get asked this a lot. Some form of the question, can she sell? Could I be a salesperson? And I come up with four questions to ask yourself if you want to be have a career in sales. With the thing you want to sell or you're interested in selling, do you have enough intelligence to actually describe it to other people? Do you feel like, I don't think I could sell aerospace engineering services. I don't know if, I, if I'm smart enough to do that. Do you have enough or does she have enough or do you feel like you can learn it to where you would know it cold? Are you fearless? Are, is there, are there times where you can say, yeah, I can pick up the phone and call Joe Santana, even though I've never met him before. Can you take a loss? Because there's a lot of disappointment in sales. The wins are fantastic, but you get a lot of door slam in your face. So do you have the emotional intelligence to overcome the heartache of, of people saying, no, nah, I don't want to talk to you, even if they're not being smart about it. And then lastly, um, 
are you outgoing enough to where you're willing to have conversations with people you don't know? And you don't have to be an extreme extrovert to, to succeed in sales. But uh, I, I, I would suggest you look at those, those sort of things. And by the way, you're right. All walks of life. Salespeople come from all walks of life. I like to think they have that, that kind of baseline in them. How do they actually do it? Like anything else, you, you just got to try. You got to start looking at it. Is this, is this something you want to do? Is this something that would get you excited every day? Now, I've never been someone who could sell ice to Eskimos. I've never been someone who, if I wasn't excited to, to provide this capability to someone else to help them achieve their goals, that I could sell it. It just wasn't for me. So you, is this something that you would get up and be passionate about? That, that you can have that requisite passion. So those are the first things I would ask. So let's say, Adam, that after our listeners ask all those questions, they conclude, yes, I can handle this. But they've never had a sales job before. Can they use their success in selling people on joining their ERGs and getting funding to prove that they've got what it takes to sell? And by the way, I actually know individual contributors who've built their knowledge of leadership running ERGs and then use that experience to secure a formal leadership management role. So can our listeners leverage their ERG experience that way to move into sales? Like I teach my, teach my um, clients, it all goes back to a story. Can you tell a story that relates the answer to help, to help graph them in? So my oldest daughter was applying for a position as a sales engineer for Hewlett Packard Enterprise. That's, that's her, her current position. She was a communications major at the University of Michigan couldn't tell you what a server was to be if if you pointed one out to her. Okay. Not, you would never dream that Jordan was a technologist, but you know what? Jordan had done a lot in what you would call sales support type roles throughout her college experience. And even before that. So we went down the requirements of the job. So there's a job listing. They send it to her. Here's what you'll need to do. And with each of them, just like you said, she could relate something she did in her extracurriculars or with a school project that was similar enough that the listener would say, yeah, I bet she could learn this. I bet she could do this. Yeah, she could accomplish that objective. So just like you said, I recruited 15 people to my ERG without ever knowing them before. That's very similar to what salespeople do. So I get those experiences out there and then think creatively, and I coach people on this, is, okay, tell me about what you do in your spare time. Tell me about what you do in your personal life. How do those things relate to this particular uh, requirement or objective for the job? And you know what? Most people who want the job have done something. Or if they haven't, you know, maybe you should take six months doing something, volunteering to do something that'll show experience in that area. But yeah, most people have had some kind of experience in their lives that they can graft onto and share a success story. That reminds me of when I did the following. So yeah, absolutely. Yes, excellent. So that's another benefit our listeners can get out of this program. If you're looking to bolster your career by moving into sales, you can hone your skills by selling memberships, securing resources, doing all that good stuff around your ERG, and then leveraging that success to get into a formal sales role. So back to selling ERG memberships and getting support for their 
groups. A lot of our members have websites or pages. And unfortunately, when I look at a lot of websites and pages, I see that even the ones that are for businesses, they seem to be just a collection of everything and anything about the business. They're massive collections of information. Now, I know you're not a web designer or a webmaster, but I have to tell you, I really like your site, and I visited more than once, which says a lot because I generally don't make more than one visit. I go there, I see what's there, I get it, and then I jump to the next thing. So what I did like about your site and got me to come back is your discussions and so forth, the way that you tell stories and the way that your blogs were constructed. They had humor, insight, and fresh perspectives. And I imagine that if your goal in building this site was to build a relationship with your visitors by having them come back over time, it's probably working for you. So this is how it ties back to ERGs and their websites. I think that these websites should also focus on supporting whatever the group's current goal is. That's where they can begin the process of selling their prospects to join them or support that process or the foundation for the relationship with people or groups who are going to support their effort with money or resources. So how do you recommend they start when building a website or refurbishing one to support their mission? What's the thinking that you started with that you recommend that they follow? I always start with why. What's my primary goal or objective? What's my aim for what I'm about to do? We'll talk about for websites. By the way, this harkens back to my, one of my favorite business thinkers, Simon Sinek, S-I-N-E-K. His 18-minute videos start with why is now a phenomenon. I highly recommend you go watch it. So my why for my website is that we meet somehow serendipitously through referrals, through my prospecting, whatever it is. And then you go to my website to confirm I've got some game. I don't pretend to imagine that someone's going to Google sales training or sales improvement program, go to my website and go, wow, this is fantastic. I want to work with this guy. No, that's not my primary aim. Mine is a proof step. So I fit it into my sale, my um, business process, if you will, around sales. It's a proof step. So I'm glad to hear that you enjoyed that. So I would say the same for an internal ERG website. What are you trying to accomplish? Are you trying to attract more members? If that's the case, the front page and everything you go to should be about why someone should join this group. Again, is there a usage story? Is there a value story? Is there an implementation story or images or things like that? What are the values of this ERG or BRG? Are those present on the website that someone would go, I have those values. I want to be part of that. Now, there may be some that have a different goal. It's not attracting members. We got enough members. We want to promote to the larger group to show why these things are important. So then you just trumpet your successes with images and video and things like that. Makes sense. So you can pack a lot of information into a few pages, but just like when we're putting together a presentation, it's best to first think through your goals Determine what your primary goal is, your secondary, and then arrange your information accordingly, right? There's no problem with having primary, secondary, and tertiary goals and making sure they come through. It's just which which gets primary real estate. Makes sense. So as we draw near the end here, what are some resources that you recommend to our listeners who want to learn more about selling? With every client I, I, I encounter, I offer them a bibliography. There's a, And so I'm a big reader. I've always been a student of my craft. I like to say I stand on the shoulders of giants. 
Um, so there's a lot there. We've already talked about customer-centric selling and Michael Bosworth. A book that I read relatively later later in my career that I always that I would never read because I thought it was so cheesy is How to Win Friends and Influence People. Dale Carnegie's book, How to Win Friends and Influence People, is amazing. Everybody should go out and read it tonight. It's little vignettes. It's very easy to read. Some of it's corny. A lot of it's dated, but it's fantastic. I'm telling you. How to Win Friends and Influence People. Um, start with why Simon Sinek's uh uh, video is a great place to go. I read the E-Myth recently um, by Michael Gerber, which is about whenever people want to start an enterprise. So it's about starting a business, but if someone's starting an ERG group, they should probably read it as well. There's a lot of great, great things in there also. Uh, I'm a big believer. Have you heard of EOS, Joe? EOS is the Entrepreneurial Operating System, and it's born from a book called Traction by Gino Wickman. It's fantastic as well. It's about how we run a business or an organization. It's, it's an operating system for that. My website would also be a great place. Those are all great resources, and I'm familiar with a few of them, like Dale Carnegie and Emith. And you gave me quite a few more to add to my reading list, so that's great. And of course, I personally endorse your website and the blogs there. So last but not least, where can people reach you? How can they reach you directly, whether it's through email or DM? What's the best way to get you if you want more Adam Shapiro? Well, uh, let's first talk about LinkedIn. Adam Shapiro, Sales Reform School on LinkedIn. If you connect to me, you'll see that just about every Monday during the pandemic, I've been offering my time. You'll see a link to my Calendly link for three minutes. I'll talk to anybody. So if you want to talk sales, you want to talk your ERG group, your BRG group, or anything else for that matter, if it's the morning, we'll have coffee together. If the afternoon, maybe an adult beverage, schedule 30 minutes with me. I've had so much fun with it. I've had a water resource management guy in Saudi Arabia get on with me for 30 minutes. I've had a, a woman from Canada. I've had people from all over. I've had long lost colleagues who said, oh yeah, I, let's catch up. Go to my LinkedIn, send me a LinkedIn request book 30 minutes using my Calendly. Of course, my website is salesreformschool.com. And on there, you'll see my email address, adam at salesreformschool.com. You can always reach out to me. That sounds great. Adam, I'm going to give your website one more plug, salesreformschool.com. That's www.salesreformschool.com. Check out the stories. They are funny. They are entertaining and they are certainly insightful. So Adam, thank you again for joining me today. You got it. I enjoyed it as well, Joe. Have a great day. So now let's tally up what we got out of the second half of this program. One, there are two formats you can use to construct a powerful story that sells. One of these is the success story. But if you don't have a success story yet, you can use the other format, which is the plausible emergency or situation. Either one of these will give you a way to structure your information that you collect into a moving story slash discussion format. Two, selling can also be a way for you to step up your career and learning how to sell your ERG membership as well as learning how to secure the support you need and the resources you need can provide you with the experience to build up this capability as well as the collateral you'll need to show that you've got what it takes to sell. Three, before embarking on a formal sales career, just ask yourself a few questions to make sure that it's the right move for you. 
four to make your group website into one of your ERG membership and or resource securing tools, ask yourself, what is my central why? What is my big objective now? Center on your current goals and make sure that your group's website supports the outcomes that you want. Your website should be more than just a big collection of random data and meeting dates. And finally, five, take advantage of all the resources that Adam shared to continue developing your skills in this important area. Learning to sell is an incredibly valuable skill. If you speak to a dozen successful entrepreneurs or senior business executives, you're going to find that learning the art of selling was one of the key contributors to their present success. In addition to honing your listening skills, selling increases your capacity for recognizing the needs of others and giving them, as Adam aptly put it, the capabilities that they don't have but need in order to meet their objectives. And like learning to lead, selling is a skill you can acquire, sharpen, and master as an ERG leader. So I invite you to let this program be the beginning of your journey in learning how to sell. Thank you for tuning in to ERG Power Talk. If you enjoyed and got value out of this program, please like us and leave a favorable review at your podcast provider's site. Also, invite others to listen to the show. By the way, contact me if you're looking for an ERG symposium keynote or a leader for your strategy workshop, new chair onboarding, and or ERG bootcamp. I can run these for you either in person or in a virtual setting. Also, for more great ideas and tips for your ERGs, get my book, Supercharge Your ERGs, 18 Tips to Power Up Your ERG Strategy on Amazon.com. I'm Joe Santana, and thanks again for tuning in.